Hi, it's Terence Wallace, and welcome to my new series, Stories from the Road. In 2014, I decided to leave the corporate world behind and start my own business, Indelible Adventures Inc. This is a culmination of my writing, photography, speaking, and travel, and uh, gave me a great opportunity to travel the world. And so, with my writing, I've been able to gather and collect many stories from all my adventures. So this series is a dedication to all of those stories. I hope you enjoy them. Join me this week as I explore Bali. The island nation of Indonesia is made up of more than 17,000 islands, with Bali being one of them. Sitting north of Australia, it links the Indian Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. And with over 700 languages and 300 ethnic groups, it makes for an incredibly diverse country. I took an afternoon flight from Singapore to Denpasar in Indonesia. Prior to leaving Japan, I'd contacted the hotel in Bali and arranged for a driver from the resort to pick me up from the airport and drive me to my hotel in Ubud. My experience with many airports in Asia is that it's generally one enormous crush of people, and given that I was visiting an unfamiliar country, I decided to book my transportation in advance. I'm so glad I did. As I stepped from the arrivals area at the airport, I was met with a throng of unlicensed taxi drivers all shouting to choose them, and very much in my face, which is never a great experience as can be very overwhelming, especially for a new visitor. Fortunately, my driver had his sign up high in the air and it was easy to spot, and I glided through the crowd toward him. As it turned out, my driver was a friendly and talkative local Balinese who had been working at the hotel for three years. As we began our 18km drive to the hotel in Ubud, which was a mere one and a half hours away from the airport, in choking bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, we chatted amiably about our respective families and lives. As we neared the hotel, I asked him how he felt about all the tourists that were visiting Ubud. As we neared the hotel, I asked him how he felt about all of the tourists visiting Ubud. I could see him thinking for just a moment before responding that without the tourists he wouldn't have a job, but I could tell by the look on his face and his response that he was less than thrilled with the in endless invasion of tourists to his beautiful country. His response gave me pause, and as the week progressed, I closely observed the locals in the markets, in the restaurants, and the endless touts and friendly guides and taxi drivers all trying to eke out a living on the streets of Ubud, and it was as plain as the nose on my face that this was a common theme. We were all just a necessary evil. Now don't get me wrong, before I go on, Bali is a beautiful island in a fantastic country with very friendly and generous and welcoming people. I had booked my stay at the Plantaran Resort and Spa in Ubud. From the exterior, it was just an entrance to a bar, just like a host of others on the street. But this mere 15 metre gap was the entrance to my sanctuary for the week. By the time I arrived at the hotel, it was already dark, and I was tired after my 20 kilometres of hiking around Singapore before my afternoon flight, not to mention my one and a half hour drive from the airport. So didn't get to see a lot other than my gorgeous room, 
which had a large four-poster bed with an iconic mosquito net draped over it. I was living on a movie set. In addition, I'd totally spoilt myself and gotten a villa with its own private plunge pool and tropical hidden garden. Another of the beautiful amenities in my room was that I could shower with the shutters open and look out onto my walled garden and pool. It was so indulgent. Hey, but if you can't spoil yourself occasionally, then who can? After a delicious tropical breakfast overlooking the rice paddy fields, surrounded by dense and spectacular jungle, was off to meet my mate Rod, his partner Dewey and his son Kane. I'd toured in Darwin in Australia with Rod back in the mid-1980s, and in fact we'd shared a house for about a year after I got back from my backpacking adventures around the world. I hadn't seen him since the early 1990s, but he hadn't changed one bit. It was fabulous to catch up and hear about his stints in Shanghai, Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, and most recently Denpasar with the Australian International School. He's been a lifelong teacher and a good one to boot. They were fabulous hosts for the day, and they first took me to Goa Gaja, or the Elephant Caves. This UNESCO World Heritage Site was just a few minutes from my accommodations, and we were fortunate enough to arrive just prior to a festival that was planned for later that day. The women of the temple were adorned in beautiful white sarongs and shirts, with gold waist sashes, and had been hard at work weaving and putting together all manner of food offerings for the festival. This time of year is an important one for weddings in Bali, as September and October are traditionally lucky months, and so considered prime time for their nuptials in this part of the world. After Goa Gaja, we went to the monkey forest, which as it turned out was a little more than 400 meters from the hotel. As we entered the monkey forest, I felt as though I'd stepped back into an Indiana Jones or Laura Croft movie set with stone bridges over deep gorges while banyan tree roots draped all over from high up in the canopy. Now this visual coupled with the sound of running water and screeching monkeys, which were grey long-tailed marquee, all made for an interesting experience and one I soon wouldn't forget. The monkeys are a mischievous lot, and therefore the park employs monkey distractors who carry with them a handful of cellophane that squeaks when it's bunched in his hand, thus distracting the monkeys from whatever they're doing to come investigate this interesting noise. Now the monkey distractor role is vital in the smooth running of the park as many tourists get too close or familiar with the monkeys and quickly have their hats, necklaces, watches, handbags or even cameras snatched before they can react. I really enjoyed my week in Bali, especially when I was able to get beyond the towns and into the countryside and villages. It's far different experience than just staying in the larger towns, and one I'd highly recommend. One morning I decided to ride out into the rice paddy fields and so rented a bike and guide from my hotel. Our destination was the well-known Tegalalang Rice Terraces, which is approximately 12 kilometers from Ubud. Thank goodness for my awesome guide. Traveling at this slower pace has its advantages as I observed a number of weddings underway, kids going to school, farmers bringing in their produce to the market. 
This was the real Bali, especially once I was off the main roads. As we neared the rice terraces, the hills were much steeper, as you'd expect, but also a number of tourists and scooters multiplied considerably, particularly adjacent to the big swing. It was a definite pass on the big swing for me, as the lineup was already ridiculously long, and me being not much for organised tours and lineups, it was an easy decision to keep pedalling. My local guide was able to obtain entrance tickets in the blink of an eye after we'd arrived, and so there was no waiting around. Fortunately, there wasn't more than a handful of people waiting for the terraces when we got there anyway. However, what the brochures don't tell you is that even after you've paid your entrance fee and you have to pay each farmer that you encounter a toll to cross his land. And during my hike, I had to pay four different farmers the equivalent of something close to the entrance fee each time. So rather than your 10,000 rupees or $10, you ended up forking over the equivalent of $50 for the experience. Now don't get me wrong, I happily paid the fees as the scenery was breathtaking and literally a once in a lifetime experience, but I'm sure if you weren't expecting this then it would have been annoying for sure. On the ride back to the hotel, my guide asked me if I wanted to follow the paddy field path rather than the road, and of course I said yes. For the remainder of my morning, it was spent on a slow and peaceful ride along impossibly narrow but green buns which divide the paddy fields. We passed through quiet villages and stopped at temples to explore. And with no place to be or no agenda other than soaking the unforgettable scenery, this was heaven on earth. As I neared the end of my week in Bali, I realised that I hadn't yet taken a yoga class but had planned to all along, as I wanted to see how it stacked up against my classes back home. I therefore sought out the most famous yoga studio in all of Ubud, the Yoga Barn. And although there are many spas and wellness centers, when it comes to yoga, the Yoga Barn is it. Again, conveniently located, it was a mere five minutes from my hotel. The class was packed with 60 people in the class. I guess it was prime time at 10 a.m. Interestingly, I was only one of three men in the class other than the instructor, with most of the women sounding like they were European, Dutch, German, French, or English. Once we started class, it didn't take long for the heat to begin taking its toll on the participants. Well, we were in the tropics after all, I really enjoyed the class, but I must admit, it wasn't as good as my class back home. The remainder of my week was divided between exploring the markets, the art galleries and temples that are so prevalent in this part of the world, and of course lounging. One of my favourite art galleries and performance centres, as they have Balinese dance performances a couple of nights per week, was the Agung Ra Museum of Art, or AMA. The gallery grounds are large and tropical, with a number of fountains, statues and pre-war buildings that are used for the art installations. As well, there was a resident woodcarver and sketch artist, creating some amazing Balinese art, and accessible to everyone who passed by. Although most afternoons I just lazed, which is so unlike me, but I really needed to recharge my batteries after a hectic few months on my projects, and then my non-stop visit to Japan. 
Plus, there's nothing like an afternoon massage at the spa followed by a snooze by the pool to get you right. Most nights, dinner was at one of the local warungs or cafes that dot the town for a taste of the local fare. Amazing dishes, including some of my favorites, nasi ayam, nasi kampur, and nasi goreng. Absolutely delicious. I had a fun week in Bali, and it was just about the right amount of time to feel rested and relaxed. Someone asked me if I'd recommend Bali as a destination. My personal point of view is that it's a beautiful country, but completely overrun with tourists, which impacts every aspect of Balinese life. And yes, it's not lost to me that I'm just one of the many, many tourists that visit each year. I suppose in some ways it could be regarded as sad, but in other ways it provides a livelihood for the local Balinese. I'm personally glad that I've gone to Bali, and the mere mention of Bali evokes thoughts of a paradise. It's more than a place, it's a mood, an inspiration, and a tropical state of mind. So if you ever have the opportunity, definitely go check it out. So until next time, thanks for listening and have a great day. If you'd like to learn more about me, the services I provide, or to read my weekly blog, please visit my website at www.indelibleadventures.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to tell your friends and family to listen to this new podcast series. Thanks!